0: Hi and welcome to Total Rewind, a Filmmaker's Compass podcast where we take a look back at movies 30 years and older and see if they still hold up. I'm D-Man joined by CP and I'm going to throw it over to you CP because you are of course dressed appropriately for the movie we're going to be discussing today and go ahead and explain what is on your t-shirt.
1: We're going to be watching Ghostbusters from 1984 so I am rocking some authentic Ghostbusters merch here.
0: It's the original Ghostbusters logo, and uh, it's iconic. It's recognizable. Everybody knows it. Yeah. And I think one of the things when you look at Ghostbusters, like just diving right in, is it's staying power. Like they've done multiple sequels. They've done a video game. They've done all this different stuff. But really, the original movie staying power is immense. It is so popular.
1: Yeah. No, it's really crazy when you think about it. So I'm going to go ahead and just say
0: off the top, does this movie hold up? Of course it does. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we don't need to wait. You don't need to wait to the end of this one to know that I love Ghostbusters. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. I watch it every Halloween day. That's how I end my night. And I watch it, you know, throughout the year, whenever it's on. You know, it's, it was one of those movies that, you know, back when people used to flip through channels on cable, if Ghostbusters came on, I was stopped.
1: On that note, thanks for listening to this episode, everyone. Apparently, (laughs) we don't need to discuss anything. No, I mean, Ghostbusters
0: just is one of those movies where it really holds up in almost every imaginable way. That is a true testament to even the effects in the movie, which we'll get to in a little bit. But wow, I mean, it's just a great film. (laughs) First of all, I'll throw it over to you. Culturally speaking, (laughs) Ghostbusters is Everywhere.
1: I I don't really know if I have anything to add to everything you just said. There have been two Ghostbusters movies, and we're getting ready for a third one to come after the original. There have been at least two television series. Cartoon was amazing. I used Um, to have Ghostbusters sheets, (laughs) action figures. Right. It's definitely one of those brands they took the Ghostbuster logo and plastered it anywhere. Yeah, lunchboxes, backpacks, T-shirts. Except for Stay Puff Marshmallow. Why did we not? Get actual Stay puff Marshmallow Man on a bag of marshmallows.
0: Yeah, I have to wonder if like the people that were responsible for closing that deal just wanted so much money that everybody was like,
1: yeah. No. (laughs) because We're just going to
0: stick with our own brand.
1: I'm not going to lie. I can't name any marshmallow brand except for Stay Puff. That's the power of Ghostbusters. And here's the other thing too.
0: You got to remember this. People today, adults today, still dress up as Ghostbusters for Halloween. You could go into almost any Halloween store, any of those spirit stores, whatever they are. And they always have a little section for Ghostbusters. They still sell proton packs. With
1: with the backpack and the...
0: So yeah, the proton pack and the, the trap. It's just crazy to me because I'm like... Whatever the movie did right, it did so right that it's been able to stay culturally relevant for that long.
1: The character of Slimer, who is such a minuscule part of oh, the Ghostbuster movie, is is like the Ghostbuster official mascot. He's a I would say part Slimer
0: is film. even even more the ghost mascot than the ghost in the, the logo. The ghost in the logo, yeah. We have to attribute that I think to the cartoon that came out yeah. slightly after. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie, I watched it, and it was. Yeah. Dude, I'd still I, watch I,
1: it if I could find the reruns.
0: As a kid, I loved it, and I think back now, I'm like, was that show even any good? I don't know. Slimer was super popular. I had the action
1: figures. Ghostbusters
0: was pretty sweet. So cultural relevance, we cannot move on from that topic until we talk about two things. The line, who are you going to call, which is the butt of jokes. People have said that line for decades now. There's prank phone calls. And of course, the, the answer, if anyone ever asks... Well, who are you gonna call? Even if you mean it, like, oh man, I gotta get my car fixed. You're like, who are you gonna call? They're like Ghostbusters. <laughs> of course, you can't Very true. you cannot let Very that true. line slip by without saying it. And the second thing is the song, which true. also has Halloween playtime every year. So has yep. stayed on active playlists every year, but is also incredibly catchy. <laughs> true because I didn't know this, but they had no idea that this song was going to blow up like that. Oh, really? Yeah, I guess like they had commissioned this guy to like write a theme song. And I don't even know if they originally intended. I I can't this. I don't know. But I'm not sure if they originally intended to use it in that montage sequence in the middle of the movie. But I think the song ended up just being so good. They're like, yeah, put it in the movie. like they were just using it you know how like artists write like promotional songs for films especially back in the day it was an opportunity for an artist to get a plug attached to a big movie
1: yeah it is definitely one of the best movie themes
0: yeah it's incredible i don't know if you've ever seen when i think it might be in the second movie but there's also like they dance to it it's great (laughs) like look that up just look it up it's fantastic so i mean in terms of just the impact ghostbusters has had think about it this way the kids in stranger things season two dressed up as ghostbusters and of course they're in the 80s, it's 84 in the movie, but just doesn't escape us. I don't know. We got the new one coming out in about a month and we're going to take a look at that. So stay tuned. As we uh, continue our love fest here, we got to talk a little bit about the effects in the movie and its story structure. Yeah. As far as the effects go, what's your opinion? Do they hold up?
1: As we were getting ready for the episode, I was reading that Ghostbusters essentially had the highest effects budget of any comedy ever. Wow. Okay. I think it's really weird. There is so much of the film that is, again, kind of oozing 80s, Yeah. right? With a lot of these 80s movies we watch. Part of the fun is getting to, you know, go back to that time. And Ghostbusters does that so well. I think most of the effects hold up really, really well. I think yeah. especially the spectral ghost stuff is really good. There's the claymation sequence with like servants of Gozer. Yeah, you know, I
0: dogs. They look that was going to be my major gripe. I was like, there's any shots that really stand out as, as me being like that dated poorly? It was, there's a couple shots of the claymation dogs that just don't look good. But it's almost like in comparison to the like puppeteering shots of those same dogs, which look incredible.
1: Yeah, those are good. There's some shots with all the mat work of the building. Yeah, right? I, mean, I mean, even there's a shot that I was actually really blown away with where you're playing tricks with the camera where you see from ground level, the cars and the people of New York running and the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man walking into frame. Oh, yeah. I mean- it looks really
0: good. Like, they really do a lot of things. There's deep stairwells. There's sides of buildings blown off. There's ghosts flying all over Manhattan, in and out of hot dog vendors. And they have cool actual visual effects or practical effects, like the taxi driver when he turns around and he's all dead.
1: Yeah. Like, they yeah. do
0: a lot so well. They
1: do everything that you expect from kind of special effects back in the day. It's quite impressive.
0: And I love that they just like the effects are solid, but like Slimer, for instance, that whole sequence where they're chasing him through the hotel, which is so good. So much fun. <laughs> We came, we saw, we kicked its
1: ass. (laughs) I mean, there's just so many good lines. So many good lines.
0: But even that sequence, what's really neat to me is like, obviously, they're using kind of like an opacity translucent effect for Slimer. And yet, for some reason, I think our minds are tricked because he's a ghost. We don't actually know what he should look like. True. Right? And so, as long as they can get the edges to look right, you know, you can't see any weird fuzziness or anything around the ghost. It really plays off well
1: I was thinking the same thing especially about ghosts they see in the library in the beginning the floating woman same thing you're like okay I've never seen a ghost but I imagine it would look something like that if I did
0: and the other thing Ghostbusters doesn't shy away from is they make the ghosts kind of grotesque Mm -hmm. like they don't look like monsters they look like ghosts like if you saw that it would be kind of scary like the taxi driver like you said the, the floating apparition at the library at the beginning. That would be scary if the, you know, ghosts was like, <laughs> I'd be like, oh shit, uh, count me out, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I thought, I thought all that stuff really held up well. And then one of the things I appreciate about the film is if you actually read the story about how they originated the story, I guess it was originally supposed to be like John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd, and they were supposed to be like dimension traveling to go catch a ghost.
1: I, I did read something, and I think they were supposed to use magic wands.
0: Yeah, it was going to be like- <laughs>
1: brothers with like
0: ghosts and interdimensional travel and like all this shit and i think one of the things that helps the movie age really well is they actually ground it in a story about essentially like entrepreneurialship. true which is it's really just like a couple of guys that kind of have
1: a good business idea i mean <laughs> the villain in the film is the epa shutting them down
0: yeah right like it's bureaucracy it's it's governance right at the end of the day gozer shows this up man
1: has no dick
0: what a great line like I still laugh at that line because he's like yes your honor this man has no dick. (laughs) And then he's like, that's what I heard. (laughs) He's like, I don't know for sure. Just so classic. Like as far as effects and stuff go, I think one of the biggest pluses the movie does is it it grounds the movie in realistic setting. They drive a car, not like a spaceship, right? Mm -hmm. Their proton packs are practical. They fit on their backs. So it looks great. You know, I think they even, one of the great things about the movie is almost everything they do, they have a joke about, right? I think Ray pulls the car up to the station and Vankman's like, hey, you can't park that here. And then he's like, oh, shit, it's one of our guys. (laughs) Yeah. And when they have the proton packs on, like they're standing in line at the elevator, the guy's like someone saw a cockroach on 12. So basically, they're just playing it off like they're exterminators, which they are, but for ghosts. And I think that really helps the movie age well, because if they had done that kind of like interdimensional travel, it might have been... I know we talked another episode about like some portals and this and that. They don't they don't play that well. That movie came out like three years after three or four years after Ghostbusters.
1: Mm-hmm. Aside from the great special effects, I think we can't talk about this movie without acknowledging the amazing cast. Oh, yeah. All a, a+. comedic geniuses as the Ghostbusters, the supporting characters are great. Rick Moranis. Is hilarious as just the most unlucky human being on the planet. Yeah, what's um, his name? Tully oh, Lewis Tully. Yeah, hilarious. Probably even Saborney
0: Weaver was great.
1: Yeah, and, and probably because Ramus and Aykroyd wrote this with their friends in mind, they embody those characters so well, or really, those characters embody those actors so well, right? I mean, could anyone Definitely. other than Harold Ramis
0: be Egon? No, no, I don't think so either. There's just such a subtleness,
1: and you need the smart actor sarcasticness of Bankman that only Bill Murray could bring.
0: Yeah. Like, I love that scene where he's talking to Janine. Mm-hmm. He's like, Janine, call someone. What are we paying for? And <laughs> then she's bumping. like, you know, yeah. And then the phone rings and she's like, Ghostbusters, what do you want? Oh, it's just such a, a fun movie. But before we get into the story, because I, like I said, the story is actually like structured really well. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw this over to you. Talk a little bit about the comedy.
1: Talk about the comedy. I mean, the comedy is genius. Part of it is, as you said, every scene has multiple layers of jokes. You have these different comedians delivering in their signature styles. Because of that, you have all these different jokes firing constantly, right? Some of them are physical, some of them are, are sarcastic, some of them are puns. Like It's joke after joke after joke, and it doesn't ever feel old because you keep cycling through new styles of comedy in every scene. It's brilliant.
0: Yeah, and one of the things I think when it comes to the comedy is they strike this balance that appeals to both kids and then adults. Mm. And I would say most of the jokes are actually more adult, but I loved Ghostbusters as a kid. But I remember it was one of those movies that aged really well because I got more and more of the sarcasm jokes and the as jokes as I got older. older. Exactly. Exactly so I have like almost a new appreciation for the movie another movie like that that I remember from my childhood was uh, Liar Liar with Jim Carrey mm. there's a lot of jokes about marriage and sex in that movie that you know kind of went as right a kid by me as a kid yeah. you know because it's about a father and son so it's relatable for a kid obviously there's a lot of humor for kids in that movie but I remember as I got older watched it I was like oh man this there's like a lot of humor in here that I didn't even understand when I was a kid and Ghostbusters is kind of that Way there's so many scenes where there's these subtle digs or little things, and I'm like, I, I love it. So even the opening sequence, you know, they're sitting around and he's like, well, not the not the library sequence, but when he's uh Vanckman's quizzing
1: the students, yeah,
0: and he's like flipping yeah. cards and having them
1: predict what's on
0: them. Like as a kid, I just always thought it was funny because he's like shocking the guy. Yeah, I thought he's just like, you know, messing with him. Really? <laughs> he's like trying to hook up with his girl. Yeah, you know. I when I was a kid, I just I, I wasn't picking up on that. I thought. it was just you know like a funny gag he's just messing with this guy. Nine o'clock? I was just about to say
1: nine o'clock? They're all very outlandish characters. They're eccentric characters. That makes it entertaining when you're a kid and when you're an adult. Again there's endless sources of comedy.
0: You know as all great comedies. Some of my favorite. Love super bad. Like
1: I said Liar Liar.
0: When you find great comedies they are incredibly quotable.
1: Oh my gosh this movie is so quotable. There's like a quote for any situation. Yeah
0: like like Ghostbusters is that thing, you know, he's like, right. If anybody asks you if you're a god, you say yes. <laughs> what are you <laughs> thinking? Like, never say no to that. Like now, an adult joke. I didn't even know what it was when I was a kid. They're up on the tower in there or the, the top of the skyscraper, they're going to fight Gozer. And he's like, It's Miller time. And you know, that's timely. That was a catchphrase. That was a great marketing phrase, but also like it was a phrase, you know, in reference to like, let's go, let's do this. All comedies we looked at Animal House. I mean, really anything, Spaceballs, whatever it is. When it's a great comedy, it's so quotable. And Ghostbusters is that movie. And the flowers are still standing. I mean, oh, it's it's just amazing. He slimed me. That's great. See if you can get a sample. <laughs> he doesn't care. Like, are you okay? You're not dead, right? He's like, no. Get a sample.
1: I collect mold spores and fungi. <laughs>
0: And then he like pulls out a candy bar. He's like, Egon, you deserve this.
1: <laughs> oh, So apparently yeah, just, we could just quote uh, Ghostbusters for three hours. <laughs> I know. It, it
0: really is that quotable. and And that's one of its major strengths. And it's one of the reasons why I think people can watch it again and again. Just like, yeah. you know, for instance, me, I can watch Friends over and over. Sitcoms. I love them. Mostly they're just quotable and the jokes never get old because they're so smart. Yeah. The characters are so funny that, you know, you can't help but laugh. Now let's take a look at the
1: story. Well, lot there. I mean, as you said, what one of the strengths of this film is it is a complete story. It's actually grounded in a good story where we test these characters and we push them outside their comfort zone. More importantly for an audience, it's something that we can relate to in the sense that we have all, whether you are a small business person or not, you can deal with the frustration yeah. of bureaucracy, which is what they're doing. Yeah. Like I love the scene.
0: They're like eating Chinese food and he's like, <laughs> yo, I'm going to need some cash to take Take out Miss Barrett, and they're like, This is the last of the petty cash, referring to the Chinese food. And then he's like, like hits Rain, he's like, Hey, hey, chew your food. Like, <laughs> enjoy this Chinese food. Cause I mean, we are so screwed. Like you said, like if you're a small business owner having to like wing it. Yeah. So story-wise, something that I, I think works really well is. They have this parallel between the entrepreneurship, right, and the bureaucracy that runs in tandem Sigourney Weaver, Miss Barrett, and Gozer. Yeah. And they all pinnacle together. And I really appreciate how the story is building, but they're connected. Like, literally, Rick Moranis and Sigourney Weaver's characters end up becoming Gozer's minions, dogs. I mean, it raises the stakes because you're like, you don't want to kill those dogs. And they even acknowledge that later. Doesn't raise. Say something like, oh, barbecue so dog. It's like
1: barbecue dog. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he's like,
0: oh, Venkman, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, I had no idea. It just came to me. I don't know. I think the way the story works is it it just allows this kind of slow burn for most of the movie where we get to hang out with the characters and they're telling their jokes all the way to where, you know, there's some interdimensional ghost Thing that's about ready to uh you know attack new york essentially the world probably yeah and the stakes couldn't be higher you know here are the ghostbusters like hey they start off do you hear weird noises in the night have you ever seen a spook specter or ghost you know <laughs> yeah they're, they're like literally like you know most people are like oh i have a ghost in my attic and that's like who they're going after all the way to like literally saving the world it's quite remarkable cuz you got to you got to work hard to get us there all the way from the acknowledgement at the beginning of the film that like hey ghosts are real in this world but again the world's grounded mm-hmm. right they're not playing it off as like this is you know common knowledge that ghosts exist most people laugh at that even in this world so i just think they do such a good job of taking you from like okay right away we're like we saw ghosts we saw it with them so we know they're here All the way to Gozer shows up And you're like damn
1: And you make a good point right The movie opens with them going to investigate A ghost at a library Where they encounter one To coming back and getting kicked off of campus For their pseudoscience So we know very well They see things that the rest of the world does not And they are already at odds with society
0: Dude and I love the small business aspect Because I love when they're walking out of the bank And he's like everyone has like three mortgages (laughs) He's like my father gave me that
1: has I think it's kind of interesting right when you look at the story arc at the beginning we're not really sure how much Vankman buys into this stuff early on it's very much that his impression is this is a way to make a quick buck yeah oh yeah at the end he is the one advocating to the mayor to let them step up and handle this because only they can that's true it's a great we we see some growth there yeah I think all the
0: characters have great arcs the only one being the constant is probably Ray and Egon Seem Mm -hmm. to be like, they believed it at the beginning, all the way to the end. I mean, all the other characters, Winston wants to be a part of the team. He becomes a part of the team. Bankman becomes a believer and also is trying to save the girl. They have the mayor, you know, a lot of New Yorkers coming around. You know, the Ghostbusters become celebrities. You know, they have these arcs. Even Sigourney Weaver's character, it's a massive jump because... And Okay, can we acknowledge that scene where she sits down in that chair and the arms grab her?
1: Oh dude, that's terrifying. I was As a terrified kid. The so kid.
0: scared. Creeps me out to this day. And then when she's like floating above the bed, I was like, yep, this is uh this is pretty creepy. Even though like Gozer essentially like takes them over before that, she's already kind of coming around. You know, Vankman is making an impression on her, even if she doesn't want him to. Even the chemistry between them at face value, you wouldn't think there's any chemistry. And yet somehow <laughs> they play it off in a way that works. I don't know. I'm trying to remember now. I'm like, did I forget any major quotes from oh, Ghostbusters? I, I but... know you
1: forgot a bunch, dude. I know.
0: We should just read the script.
1: <laughs> like, it's amazing because, like, I'm watching it and I'm like, why are there not more t shirts with like this line on it? It's just so good. Cats two... and
0: dogs living together.
1: <laughs> in my mind, I think the two of the most amazing things that they do in the story are, as you said, bringing it back to earlier on, there's two distinct moments where they pull in the, uh, ghostbusters song oh yeah the the first one being the montage in the middle of the film where we see the ghostbusters breaking through right in the atlantic and everyone is talking about these guys and what they're doing and we see their rise to fame great scene and part Love of it, it is the music part of it is because we just watch them having fun and i feel like this is a movie that if you were on set, I feel like it would have been a lot of fun to just be a part of. Yeah. Um, and then obviously at the end, I think honestly the part where the mayor gives them the green light and they get ready to go, it just is, it's just, this is what we wanted to see. These guys going out there to slay ghosts and when they come down and they're victorious and we're listening to the Ghostbuster music, it's amazing. Yeah, I have to agree. In terms of like Campbell's story structure, like they actually climb the mountain at the end. 22 we flights acknowledge- of stairs. <laughs> Like one of the only
0: things that is definitely weird is like the ghost blowjob feels so out of place. The comedy of it, you're like, "Mm -hmm." I don't know. It feels like you guys went a hair too far in that
1: moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it it is weird.
0: I don't know. I'm surprised like test audiences or whatever weren't like, hey, in this great montage sequence of which I'm sure they had more footage than they use. You could have put anything else there. That's probably one of the only things in the movie that stands out is like every time I see it, I'm like, it's just awkward. It's not funny. You know, even though it's a dream, it's, it, it feels off, especially compared to humor and you know almost the overriding adultness of the movie. That just seems like a hair too far one way. Yeah. Let me ask you, what is your favorite scene in the movie? Favorite scene? Oh, man. I mean, I can name mine if you want, because mine is when they go get Slimer at the hotel.
1: I, I was going to say, I think it's either Slimer or when they face the Stay Puft Man. Oh,
0: the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. I mean, as you said earlier, that scene for its effects is remarkable. It's like that opening shot of Star Wars where like the Star Destroyer comes in Mm -hmm. and you're just like, I mean, to me, that looks better than anything you see today. Or like the Jurassic Park T-Rex scene. I'm like, I remember going and watching, I think it was like Peter Jackson's King Kong, you know, like a decade later or something. And they had the Tyrannosaurus fight Mm. King Kong. And I'm like, Jurassic Park looks better. I don't know. (laughs) You know, it's a decade old now. And I was like, it just looks yeah it looks better even though you know they're also doing kind of like cartoon aesthetic and all that I know I'm tangenting but we
1: expect it on this show no but but... I mean like
0: as far as just the effects go for like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man I'm like wow it holds up really really
1: well again from a story standpoint right we go back to that's the moment where Egon changes his mind and decides to cross streams finally
0: which was great I mean that's one of those like movie tricks you know a lot of movies do where you like plant this thing earlier just so you can raise the stakes because you don't know what happens no one's mm-hmm. done it you know they're like is this gonna work he's like i have no idea i can't think of anything else to do right now other than <laughs>
1: yeah yeah uh
0: sending huge energy blast into this portal one other thing i wanted to ask you and this is always kind of unique what did you think of gozer um i feel like they subverted expectations
1: when gozer shows up i was like i think it was intentional and and they even kind of acknowledge it when they say like gozer can take any any form that it wants technically it is kind of weird because i mean obviously now we've seen gozer for what 30 something years (laughs) close to 40 years. And it's been that way thinking about it. It is really weird because they climb the tower. We see the clouds and there's earthquakes when they're at the bottom. We know as an audience, what we're expecting from Gozer. And I think that initially we're expecting something more akin to this giant demon or something like like the the, more like the dog type creatures or something. And then it's just kind of like a woman with short hair.
0: (laughs) Yeah. White tights. Yeah. You're like, okay. I just it's it's interesting to me because they don't ever like really f- fight gozer they fire the beams at her but like they don't hit her they just kind of like go right through and they're all like well shit no and so I don't then know. they
1: just blow up the gate that's what they do
0: it's interesting because it all builds this and they what they do really well up there is this kind of like aura of gozer right the voice that booming creepy voice is like talking to them and they're like whoa, 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 whoa. we didn't say anything you know and yet gozer the physical form of gozer really doesn't do a whole lot other than just like kind of be there again i'm not saying anything about it i think it works spectacularly well but i'm not 100 sure how they pulled that off without it coming off as anticlimactic because they didn't actually like fight her directly well, i mean it's but- the same thing with the
1: stay puff man right like I think that we think about the Stay Puft Man as almost like the final boss, quote unquote, right? Mm-hmm. In video games terms. Essentially, the Stay Puft Man walks down the street. vankman makes some jokes about trying to, you know, get him laid in New York. And then they decide to blow up the gateway. Like yeah. they don't even directly confront him anyway. I always wondered, right? After they successfully destroy the gate, Stay Puft Man blows up. Marshmallow crap flies all over New York. Yeah. Two questions. First of all, did you ever notice that Vankman has virtually no yeah marshmallow on him and the other three are totally covered. I did, and I assume that's just because he's the leading man. The, it was it was more like a Bill Murray thing? I don't know.
0: It could be. I mean, I've never heard a story of this, but I also wouldn't put it past Bill Murray to be like, yeah, no. <laughs> well, we got to put like a little bit on your clothes. He's like, fine.
1: Yeah, I don't know. There's something I always wonder about. And then my next question, and this is for you. Yes. If you were there and the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man blew up, mm. would you be tempted to eat some marshmallow? I would. I, I would too. And I, I don't know if that's like a bad... Bad thing because New York is filthy, but I think that every time I'm like, I'd-
0: I mean, I feel like the nature of marshmallows, right? Being just plain white. I mean, I think if you like scoop some out,
1: you're like, <laughs> looks good. Like if dirt was on
0: it, we would know. Fair
1: enough. Yeah, yeah. I'd
0: probably have to, especially if I got covered in it. I'd probably be like, mm,
1: that's good. I just think about that every time when I'm watching it. And I'm like, yeah, I definitely eat my body weight in marshmallow.
0: Also, oh, I wanted to point this out. I don't know yeah. if this. Ever like I noticed this actually. This is weird. I noticed that I've seen this movie so many times, and because I was being critical of it, I never thought about it. But if you watch the beginning title sequence when it like shows the exterior of the library and then it says Ghostbusters with the logo, it says Ghostbusters with ghost and then Buster's underneath it. It's stacked, even though I think almost every time you ever see Ghostbusters, it's one long word.
1: Oh, you're right. I never thought about that. Yeah, that's it. No, that's a good point.
0: I don't know. I just was watching it and I was like, huh, I never gave it much thought but is a little different also i have to say this scene just because i love it now now we're just fanboying. Sorry, i love audience. when they're i love when they're walking in the library in the basement and they're just walking and like a bookshelf falls over and then ray looks up and he looks at both of them and vanckman's like first time like first time an entire bookshelf's ever fallen over next to you <laughs> the sarcasm is just you so know i do i do have symmetrical a book stacking He's like, you're right, no human being would ever stack books like this. <laughs> it's so um, good.
1: I consider Ghostbusters to be essential Halloween viewing. And I know we're now past Halloween, but I've watched it then. I want to know, why do you think the studio chose to release it, first of all, in June, and they're releasing Afterlife in November? It's almost like they're making a conscious effort not to make this be a Halloween film.
0: That could be. I know that Ghostbusters in 84 was, I, th- I believe it was the highest grossing movie of that year. If not, it's top three. I think they were positioning it. At that point, Jaws and Star Wars had already solidified the summer blockbuster. And I I don't think they wanted people to associate it with like horror I think they wanted them to see it as a blockbuster. This is right around the time where like blockbusters were really starting to take over the summer from about May till maybe August or, you know, school goes back whenever that is. Yeah, essentially, I, I would guess that's why. Now, when you ask me, why would they move Afterlife to November? I don't know if that had anything to do with the pandemic. If
1: I recall, I thought Afterlife was again supposed to be released in the summer. Yeah, it
0: might've been. And again, they might've wanted it to be considered in that. Because unfortunately, you know whether we admit it or not, the fall block of movies is generally considered either an Oscar you know film trying to make noise or the movies that just weren't good enough to be summer blockbusters or or halloween movies yeah actual halloween movies so i would assume they had initially wanted that for instance i saw they dropped a trailer for uh the batman i was watching another trailer on youtube and that one said that movie was coming out in 2021 now it's coming out in march 2022 i don't know if that had anything to do with it whether the studio ever intended a ghostbusters association with halloween i always watch it on halloween yeah, it's like one of my favorite themed movies for that time of year. So all of that. Ivan Reitman was a great director. And I know with mm-hmm. Afterlife, I believe it's his son, Jason Reitman. Yep. Yeah. So pretty cool passing it down through the, the family. If I'm not mistaken, I think that's going to be a theme in the
1: movie. <laughs> the trailer is correct in any way. Last question before we kind of wrap up. I know you've seen it because I've watched it with you. Why do you think Ghostbusters 2 doesn't recapture the magic and the quotability and the just fun, I think, it. fun is the word that summarizes the ghostbuster film best in the same way that the first one does
0: i think it's the spirit of it there's something about the ghostbusters being really down on their luck but in a negative mm-hmm. where in the first one you know they have they sit on the steps at the i think it's in it's either nyu or one of the universities and he's like you know Bankman's like, call it luck call it yeah. whatever he's like we're this this is our destiny like we're supposed to do this when you get to the second one him and Sigourney Weaver have broken up, Van and, and Barrett have broken up. She has a kid. It just doesn't. It doesn't feel like they're really the Ghostbusters for most of the movie, which they're not. And it reminds me of a uh, Dark Knight Rises. Now, if, if you've seen that movie, you know. It's, it's an instance of like where Bruce Wayne's no longer in his prime. I think to the story's detriment, just they take the Ghostbusters out of prime and they feel like they're older. You know, I think Ray's running like a bookshop. They're going to kids' birthday parties and they're playing it off as jokes. You know, I think Venkman uh, wrote a book, but it just, it doesn't feel like they're the Ghostbusters for most of the movie. And then by the time they get around to suiting up, it's just not quite the same. I think the first time they fire the proton packs is like in the courtroom. Mm-hmm. So if I had to guess, that's why. That guy in the painting was creepy as hell, though.
1: Oh, dude, totally.
0: I thought the slime scenes were great. Like under the city, that was really intriguing. I think there's elements that work. I love the Statue of Liberty scene. Yeah. Whenever I hear that song, I think of that scene. <laughs> so, and then the second, the second thing is uh, why it didn't stick is Ghostbusters 2 is by no means anywhere near as quotable. God, if you're, if you're going to be a top tier, memorable comedy, you got to be quotable.
1: We went over it earlier. Ghostbusters is quotable. Totally. It is.
0: It's unforgettable in that sense. And yeah, I just, I don't think Ghostbusters 2 brings it to that level. Side note, and this is for you because you and I went to film school. We went to college together. We acknowledged that earlier. They wrote Ghostbusters 2 at Martha's Vineyard in two weeks. Jeez. Or no, they wrote Ghostbusters 1 at Martha's Vineyard
1: in two weeks. I feel like that's a dig at me. You're telling me I should be cranking out screenplays in two weeks. No, no, no. I'm
0: just saying I think sometimes we underestimate our ability to do certain things. If Ghostbusters proves anything, it's that we need to find that entrepreneurial spirit and go after it because damn it, we
1: could save the world. (laughs) (laughs) Or at least New York. All right. that's a. I think that's a great segue to start wrapping up our show. (laughs) So I'm going to ask you a question. I already know the answer to it. The audience already does too, but if I don't ask you, then this whole show falls apart and the semblance of a structure that we maintain is gone for good. So ghostbusters does it hold up or not 100 110
0: yeah it's a great movie i'll show my kid I, I mean i don't care if they like it or not they're gonna sit there and watch
1: it every halloween there's a reason why we're still buying shirts you know almost 40 years later oh i've been a ghostbuster for halloween i had a proton pack as a kid i think i still have a proton pack in a yeah. box somewhere
0: it's amazing yeah
1: <laughs> I always remember it had that yellow it was like a plastic put, piece of foam box. that you put in
0: yeah and it like went in but it, it popped off all the time
1: yeah it was terrible yeah it was terrible and they were really long and they would break in half yeah they, they didn't really work all that well no they weren't good but yeah I remember
0: I'll throw it over to the viewers while we uh, you know wrap this up does Ghostbusters hold up for you and listen even if you hate the movie I think you gotta admit it does <laughs> tell us your thoughts in the comments and oh I wanted to end on this because I've heard this a couple times i i'm always curious to see what people think and maybe you and i will do a discussion on the, this on the podcast at some point but to our listeners i would like to know which movie do you like more, back to the future or ghostbusters Ooh, interesting that's a tough that is a tough tough pick right there because wow. both those movies are amazing and we haven't talked back to the future so maybe we'll answer that question when we get around back to the future be sure to continue the conversations on social media you can find us at filmmakerscompasspodcast.com all the links are there subscribe on Apple Podcasts Google Play Music Spotify and if you like the video version of the show be be sure to subscribe on YouTube CP take us out
1: well on that note thanks for sticking around and fanboying with us this week I'm not gonna lie I'm probably going to watch Ghostbusters as soon as this record is over just an FYI everyone one because um, i need to see it again
0: and i just watched it
1: <laughs> <laughs> so on that note thank you for sticking with us we hope that you will keep watching movies and we'll see you next week